0: While well, we're wrapping up a series called It's Complicated. It's Complicated. I'm going to be sharing a message with you today that I'm in particularly calling There is a Story. There is a Story. I, I love a good movie because I love a good story. And I- I've always in particularly been drawn to movies that are true. If it's a true story, I, I really like that kind of movie, like Spider-Man and stuff. (laughs) I'm just seeing who's awake right here at the first. I'm just just messing with you, all right? I've always uh, liked that. I like a good story. And if it's good, I'll watch it over and over. I'm one of those people, you know. Like at my house, over and over again, we're into the Bourne movies. We we like that. Because Jason Bourne needs my help every time, you know. And I'm just saying... Uh, You know, I know how it's going to end and all that, but I just like a good story and a good movie. I've always liked that. If you've raised kids or currently have kids, you also know that children like good movies and good stories. And they're worse than us, aren't they? They want to watch them over and over and over. My little girl would come to me. Uh, she she had a favorite movie, and she'd want to watch it over. And, and can I just tell you that most days for me, 101 Dalmatians turned into 303 Dalmatians. <laughs> over and over again, she wanted to watch that. Then we take that word story, and, you know, it's... Sometimes we try to make that a real nice word, like package it. You know, that's a nice story. But really, somebody tries to get away with that, and they say, oh, I just told a story. No, you lied. That's what That's You you told a lie. <laughs> oh, it's just a story. No, it was a lie. It was, a, so we, we have a nice way. And, and, and then people lie to us. They don't even know. They don't even realize. You ever go to the dentist? This won't hurt. Uh-huh. It hurts. It hurts. I think one of my favorite ones, though, is you ever, you ever drive down the road, you see that sign that says men working and they're not? <laughs> That's my favorite one. Oh, there might be one guy, he's down in a hole working his brains out, but you got ten guys standing around the hole watching him, you know. That's the job I want to watch. You know what I'm saying. All around you today, you're surrounded by people that have a story including me. We all could say our life has been a story. If we were to tell our stories, some of our stories would make us laugh. Some would make us cry. Some would make us think. Most of us have stories or parts of our stories that it's got real complicated. And most of us, for that reason, it got complicated because of relationships. But regardless of where you are today in your life or with your story, here's what I want you to know. And one of the takeaways I want you to have from this service is this, that all of us fall into this category God will use our story for His glory. All of us, God will use our story for His glory. Repeat that after me. God will use my story story. for His glory. glory. Do you believe it in the house today? I really believe, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of how complicated it got, God's still going to use our story. For his glory. As a part of our life, we've all had relationship realignments. Sometimes we've been in relationships that's ended, sometimes relationships have shifted. Some people are only in our life for a season, but everybody's in our life for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. How many ever told a lie? Raise your hand. How many ever stole something? Raise your hand. How many have been through a divorce? Raise your hand. How many ever failed at something? Raise your hand. How many just ready for me to shut up? Raise your hand. Some of y'all like, like, who is this? We're Pastor Herbert, huh? We're Pastor... We don't like those questions. We don't like those questions in church. On Sunday morning, preacher, you didn't even have us bow our heads and close our eyes. We all looking, asking us questions like that. The Reality is we want to smile about it, but the truth is nobody likes to talk about their failures. Nobody wants to admit to that, and especially with everybody looking at us today. There is a story, and my life is a story. Some of you have heard my testimony in this church about my life. And I want to say before I get any further into my message to you today that my story involves a failure. I'm Lynn Wheeler, I've been through a divorce. My first marriage ended in March of 1999. And here's what happens when something that is supposed to be won breaks and is broken. The sharp pointed edges. That yardstick's purpose was served when it was one piece. When broken, it brought about jagged pointed edges. Over half of you raised your hand a few minutes ago when I asked the question how many of you have been through a divorce? You can relate to me firsthand. If you haven't been through it, possibly you've been touched by it. A lot of people have. And I can tell you that even after 18 years, every single day, I still deal with the pain of the pointed edges in my life. Not all of it was somebody else's fault, some of it was my fault. Come on, it's time to take ownership sometimes. Sometimes it is. For those of you who have not heard the message, just let me bring it to you kind of in a nutshell. I answered a knock at the door one day and divorce papers were served to me. Immediately, emotions began to overwhelm me and I'm confessing to you today, Those were not godly emotions. I'm telling you when there's brokenness in your life, I struggled with bitterness. I struggled with anger. I struggled with unforgiveness. And friends, I want you to know that there were even seasons in my life I struggled with hatred in my life. I know God's not pleased with those emotions, I'm just being real with you today. It's a reality. And it unraveled a lot of complications in my life. Emotions overwhelm me. Then my friends started leaving me. Because when you really go through a hard time and you go through a struggle, you find out who your real friends are. They seem to separate out pretty quick. Because some people are only friends with you because of what you can do for them. And when you're down and out, all of the sudden you can't do anything for them anymore. They gone. They gone. And that brings a lot of confusion and pain to you. Papers were served. Emotions overwhelmed me. Friends left me. But God redeemed me. But God redeemed me. And I'm not sure where you are in your story today. I, I don't know if you've been through what I've been through or maybe your relational breakup was a different type or a different kind. I'm not sure what, where you're at with that. But I do know this. God's a redeemer. I'm glad he's not only my savior, he's my redeemer. And he redeems me over and over and over and over and over again. That's the kind of God that we serve. story I'd like for you to look with me at John chapter 4 we're gonna look at a few verses here if you have your Bible your iPad iPhone ever how you're looking at the Word of God there's a story here of a Samaritan woman we never know her name we just know her as the Samaritan woman and her story and mine are very similar friends because Jesus met both of us while broken relationships had complicated our lives And again, I'm not sure where you are in your story, but I do know this, Jesus is still the answer. No matter where you are, Jesus is still the answer for several reasons. Let's look, number one, Jesus is our answer because Jesus meets our need for a friend. He meets our need for a friend. John chapter four, verse six. Look at what the word of God says. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Let me pause and just teach you something about the importance of that phrase. It was about the sixth hour. It's going to add a lot of power to this story. When the scripture says it's about the sixth hour, that means it's straight up noon. Samaritans were very driven by customs. They did things according to custom. The ladies would go every day to the well to draw water. But they would go at a specific time. And that time was in the morning. Several reasons for that. They would go in the morning so they'd get enough water for all day. They'd also go in the morning because it wasn't quite so hot yet. But at the sixth hour, straight up noon, there was a woman who came alone. She came so she could be alone. You see, among the Samaritans, divorce was so frowned on, ladies and gentlemen, and this woman was not just divorced. She'd been divorced five times, five times, five times. Maybe she came at that hour so she could be by herself to avoid all the stares and all the gossip Maybe there was a purpose behind that. You see, she had a story, and it caused people to pull away from her. I've been there, and so have you. Scripture goes on to say, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Let's keep going. Verse 8, his disciples had gone into town to buy some Big Macs. Well, I'm just seeing who's listening. I got 50 of you, huh? Good. Some of y'all going, is that NIV? I don't know. No, I'm just messing with you, all right? Just messing with you. The Bible said the disciples had gone into town to buy some food. Verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Now, let's go just a step further in understanding this story before we move on, Okay. Because there are a lot of reasons Jews and Samaritans didn't talk. They try to avoid avoid each other. But this is also something that you and I won't be able to understand in the day and time in which we live. But the reality was, it's this. You see, it was a cultural issue that Jewish men did not speak ever to women in public. Not ever. A Jewish custom. So here Jesus is violating a lot of customs, a lot of rules, because Jesus is not into that. He's into having a relationship with us. And so it wasn't quite lining up with the customs, see. Let's go on down to verse 13, please. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Watch this, church, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, friend, this woman came for a natural drink of water, but Jesus said, I'm going to give you an eternal drink of living water. I'm going to be your friend. Here, see. It's very important for us to see as we continue to walk down through this scripture. Very important for us to see this. Because it hasn't even come out yet, all the complication in her life, all the brokenness in her life. So Jesus said, I'm going to bring this out. Verse 15, the woman said, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here. Verse 16, he told her, go, call your husband and come back. Watch verse 17. I have no husband, she replied. Now it's coming out. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say to me you don't have a husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man you have right now is not your husband. So what you say is telling me the truth. So now it comes out. Now it's been spoken. This woman had a long history of broken relationships. Five failed marriages, ladies and gentlemen, five. Can you imagine in all those five failed marriages, can you imagine how many angry words she had heard spoken to her? And perhaps how many angry words she had even spoken Think of all the rejection that comes to an individual. Five failed marriages. Maybe even a feeling of abandonment. And every single failure keeps driving her down further and further and further and further. But watch this, friend. Now it's out. Now it's been spoken. Now Jesus knew but he didn't abandon her. When he found out about her complicated, messed up life, he didn't run. He didn't turn and walk away and say to her, I can't help you. No, because Jesus met her need for a friend, ladies and gentlemen. He's not going to abandon her, me, or you in tough time. He knows our story, friend. He knows all about us. But the good news today is he's still a friend that sticks closer than a brother to us. He's not running out on us. He' not leaving us. He knows our story. In the middle of all that I was going through, I started making plans to leave the full-time ministry. I just thought, I, I can't continue in ministry. I can't be a divorced preacher. I can't do that. So I started making plans to go to work for Edward Jones. I went through three of seven interviews to open my own office with Edward Jones Financial Investments. So I'm kind of preaching the rest of my schedule out in the summer, and I'm out speaking at a ministry event in Mesa, Arizona, a suburb of Phoenix, and I'm out there, I'm in my motel room, and that afternoon, I'm there, and I'm being honest, I'm partially praying I'm partially meditating and I'm partially giving God instructions. Am I the only one that's been ever told God what we gonna do? I'm going through it. Anybody else ever give God instructions? How'd that work out for you, huh? So I'm just being honest, okay, I, I'm praying a little bit, I'm meditating, I'm thinking about my future, but I'm basically telling God, okay, God, this is what we're going to do and this is what, when we're going to do it. All of a sudden, my phone rings. A friend of mine, a colleague from Missouri, John Davis, he called and he said, "Lynn, I was just praying for you and I know what you're going through, man. He said, I just feel like the Lord wants me to tell you something right now. So my first thought was, I just told God what we're doing. We don't need—we don't need anything else. I've already given out the instructions. We clear. So I said, "All right, whatever, case Sarah. But i done told God <laughs> what we're we doing. So. John said, Lynn, I just want you to know, here's what God wants. As a result of what you're going through, the brokenness, the divorce, it's going to be a group of people and they're going to move out of your life. But Lynn, God wants you to know he's going to send a new group in and they're going to be stronger than the ones that leave. They're going to be stronger than the ones. And you know what? I stand before you today, all these years later, and that's exactly what happened. Can I tell you, two weeks after My divorce was final. I met a man who today is one of the best friends I have in the world, and you know him by Pastor Herbert Cooper. God has a way, ladies and gentlemen. He's not going to leave us hanging. He meets our need for a friend, and he also helps us have other friendships. Let's go on. Number two, Jesus is our answer because Jesus meets our need for forgiveness. You see, she's just like you and me, friend. We don't just need a friend, we need a savior. We need forgiveness of our sin. She needed it, not because she'd been married five times, but because we all need forgiveness. We need forgiveness every day, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need that. It's still pretty early in the morning, but can I tell you, I've already needed forgiveness today. Some of y'all got a real holy look on your face. <laughs> huh? I've already needed it today. I'm glad that the redemptive grace of God makes forgiveness available to us. Not just a friend, but a Savior. We not only need forgiveness from Him, we need forgiveness from other people. We, <laughs> I lost both my manners on that. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, we do. listen to what Paul wrote, Ephesians 4, 32. Listen, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Listen, I want you to know my story is not all about throwing stones and placing blame, because some of it was my fault. Come on, sometimes we just need to own up to some things. There are things I could have done differently to avoid some of the pointed pain and hurt that I illustrated to you. There's some things I could have done differently. It's not about that, it's about the fact that Jesus meets our need for forgiveness. He is our Savior and He forgives us. Number three, finally, Jesus meets our need for a fresh start. He meets our need for a fresh start. I'm going to talk to you about this just for a few moments, our need for it. Can I just tell you right up front, though, this is my favorite part of my message, so everybody smile even if you got to fake it. Huh? I'm going to tell you, he's a God of fresh starts, ladies and gentlemen, fresh starts. Somebody said God's a God of second chances. Oh, no, I'm way past two. Huh, come on, anybody else? I'm way past two, folks. He's a God of way more. Look what he did for the woman. Verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I the one speaking to you, I am he. I am he. So now there's an awareness in this conversation between this woman and Jesus. I want you to understand he's talking to the woman. I want you to understand the Messiah is not just coming. He's here. <laughs> the one you're looking for is right in front of you. I want you to understand your need for a fresh start can start right now today at People's Church right now at this moment. We need Need a fresh start. This woman then goes running back to town telling everybody, I've met the Messiah. He knew all about me, but he didn't judge me. He didn't condemn me. He stayed right there and loved me and talked to me and became my friend. And now he wants to give us all a fresh start. See, come and see. She went for a regular drink of water and walked away with living water. But I know today, some of your dreams have been shattered and scattered in a million directions. And your story, it's complicated. But it's not over. It's not over. The past is past. It's complicated. But there's a Messiah walking the aisles of people's church right now to give you a drink of living water today, to give you a fresh start. He's right here, right now. I wanna share with you just a moment, a little bit about my fresh start. If we could put the picture of my wife up, please. I'd like everybody to meet my wife, Diana. This past Friday, we celebrated 11 years of marriage, our 11-year anniversary this past Friday. Now, listen, let me just pause and, and let's just talk for a minute. Or Can we just, can we just talk? Because I know some of y'all are thinking something. And I appreciate you not saying it out loud, but I know you're thinking, how'd he get her anyway? <laughs> I, I know. And I'm going to give you the answer to that. The answer is simply this. It don't matter. God is good. (laughs) Come on, some of you men married up. You know what I'm talking about. It don't matter, does it, guys? We just got a man. Yeah. Some of you know my story about a strained relationship with my daughter. Always. She was one when my divorce happened. Strained, really. Can I tell you the last three holidays, I'm getting cards in the mail. From my daughter. It's being mended. Fresh starts. Fresh starts, ladies and gentlemen. Fresh starts. Just don't forget this, friend. Don't forget. Life is a video, not a snapshot. It's ongoing. It's on- But the devil wants to take that snapshot of that moment, that sin that you committed, that bad decision, that brokenness, that complication, and he keeps making you look at that snapshot. But today we're going to look the enemy in the eye and say, devil, it's not a snapshot. It's a video. It's ongoing. My story today is going to continue. But today at People's Church, I'm going to change the end. (laughs) I'm going to change the end because the Lord is wiping everything away and giving me a fresh start today. Lamentations 3 verses 22 and 23 says this. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Watch this, friends. For His compassions never fail. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Great is His faithfulness. A Redeemer, the God of fresh starts.